You know, so often in our Christian and evangelical circles, these words of like, just take it to Jesus, or just read your Bible and pray and it'll be okay, or God's ways are higher than yours, sometimes are used to try to keep from feeling the pain of life. Jesus didn't step away from mental health issues. Sometimes he had to go pray and have mindfulness time all night on the side of the hill. We see him crying so hard that blood vessels popped in his head in Gethsemane. We hear in Hebrews that he was heard from God because he was crying and wailing in the evening. Jesus wasn't afraid to feel his feelings and feel emotional. That's what I want to talk with you today about on my podcast as we pursue unconventional conversations for the unconventional spiritual life. There's going to be a few F-bombs today. My friend Josh Evans is with me. He's a pastor that does a podcast called I'm Effed Up, if you know what I mean. But he says the F word because he thinks it's important for us to get raw and real with one another. And you're going to hear his story today, and it's going to rock your world. A pastor who said, I have to change. I have to get mentally well. I have to get emotionally healthy so my kids don't carry on my legacy. You're not going to want to miss this story with Pastor Josh Evans. I hope you'll stick around. I also hope you'll remember that if you subscribe to my Patreon page, you're going to help build and advance this work of Pastor Paul. And if you go to the patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast, you not only support this podcast, but my work of sharing the message of this unconventional pursuit of spiritual life that doesn't look like the evangelical Christianity we've known in the West for so long. So would you go subscribe? It's patreon.com forward slash NPE podcast. That's nonpartisan evangelical NPE podcast. And you'll be able to help us in continuing this great work of telling the world, God is not mad at you. Now let's find out more about mental health and wellness from somebody that's walked through the fire, Pastor Josh Evans of Nashville, on my podcast, where we have unconventional conversations about the unconventional pursuit of spiritual life. Hey, everybody, Paul here, uh, Pastor Paul, TikTok on TikTok, and glad you're with us today for the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. Just let me give you a warning. We're going to drop some F-bombs, probably a lot of them in the podcast today. So if, if rough language is difficult for you, uh, just know ahead of time, by the very nature of my guest podcast today, you're going to hear some F-bombs drop. But I think it's a, a really important discussion we're going to have today of looking at identity and how do we find ourselves and how does sometimes maybe our evangelical religion push against that? But I'm really excited to have our guest today, Josh Evans, is an assistant pastor at Borderland Mission Church in Nashville. He is uh, Solace John on most social media out there. And believe it or not, an assistant pastor has a podcast called the I'm Fucked Up Podcast. Uh, sorry about hitting my mic there. A podcast that I was uh, pleased to get the chance to be a guest on uh, just recently and share my story of why I'm fucked up. And so we'll find out what that podcast is all about as Josh joins us. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> it's good. Good. So loved it. Love the look. Love the background. You look great. Now, you're <laughs> in your church right now. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. We built a podcast studio here in the church. So this and is you're, and I you're am. smoking a cigar in the church. I am. I am. The senior pastor owns a cigar lounge. So we have some we have some liberties that uh maybe some other churches wouldn't be okay with. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're not a fundamentalist uh, IFB KJV only church then. Nope. I'm not sure what the IFB one is, but I know we're not fundamentalist or KJV. So um, IFB is independent fundamentalist Baptist. Oh, here. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you talk about fucked up pastors. That's, yeah. that's the place. Find them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also just to clarify, I'm Solace Josh on social media. Oh, what did I say? You said Solace John, but it's, it's all good. I think people probably would figure that out. Here, let me put it, put it up there. So people get it for sure. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all Josh. good. Uh, my brain is going by day by day. And then we had a little power <laughs> outage just before I came on the air. So yeah, I'm discombobulated, but Josh, I really appreciate you joining me. And yeah, thanks so, for having me. I'm fucked up podcast. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Why, what, what, how did you come up with that name and what's the point of that podcast? Yeah. So, uh, I had wanted to do a podcast for years actually, and was trying to hone down an idea and it got to where, I mean, literally six years, at least I was working on, like, I kept saying, I want to start a podcast and I recorded three other various, uh, renditions of a podcast and I never did anything with, um, an episode or two of each. And, uh, I, um, I just, I was driving one day and, and I think a lot about, so I, I went through a whole situation, which people dive into my podcast. The first episode is my story. And, uh, I dealt with a situation where I had some mega realizations about my own life about four years ago, early 2017. And uh, I, I, I basically just realized that I thought I was a piece of shit and that realization that that's how I viewed myself caused me to live a certain way and react a certain way. And I was very reactionary toward everything happening in life. And I was driving down the road and I had a buddy who had a band and they actually is a little punk rock band. And they put out a song called uh, I'm fucked up, which is the title track to our, uh, or like the intro track for our podcast. And uh, I was like, man, this is good. I was like, man, that'd be a really good podcast intro. And I was like, oh, that's what I should do. A pod- I don't, I don't, I care about little else other than letting people know that it's okay to admit you're not perfect and it's okay to be fucked up. And then, then thinking more about it, that process into and through and like in healing that I'm in right now, you know, not, not complete, um, but still walking through it. I was like, that's like, those are the stories that really move people to change. Like, because I remember when I was going through all of that shit four years ago, um, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was real skeptical about seeing a therapist because I didn't trust them. Um, I've, I've changed my views on therapy. Like I'm very pro therapy, but it's still something that's very hard in me to like break across to be like, I'm just going to go talk to somebody I'm paying to talk to me. And uh, so <laughs> all I did was just sit down with my friends over a cigar and a drink. And uh, over time we just would get into it. I'd be like, Can I tell you what I'm going through right now? And I would just break down the story of what I was going through. And uh, it was, it was powerful for me to get it out and it was was in powerful to them to hear it. Like most of them would end up in tears 
or really moved and basically just remind me that, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm going through this same thing. It's just, it looks a little different, but I'm going through, and it was so good for both of us. And I was finding healing in it. So I was like, man, that would be great just to get people on that aren't scared to share their story and would be willing to do it to, to an audience. And that's kind of where it was born. Wow. So I, I'm taking this, this goes not only to your own healing, which is still in process, but to sharing, uh, it sounds like you have sort of a life message perhaps, or a heart message to tell other people where you are is okay. It's okay to be messy. Yeah. It's okay to be a mess. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I came from fundamentalist church. I'm not in a fundamentalist church. I'm not a fundamentalist person. Um, but I grew up in fundamental evangelicalism, non-denom churches that were charismatic in nature and, uh, or pretty much a church, but, uh, um, and my pastor was great. Like I, I love the man to this day. He just recently passed. It wasn't something that I rejoiced in. He gave me a lot. And I mean, he, he kind of gave me the rebellious attitude to challenge the status quo, even though he was very fundamentalist himself. Um, but I actually just lost track of what I was working toward right now, which is something that I'm probably <laughs> going to do a lot. Just so you know, I'm a great well, we were, caster. <laughs> we were talking about, yeah, <laughs> we were talking about this as a, as a life message of, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's okay to be messy. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I, I noticed once I kind of came out of fundamentalism that a big part of the problem, and, and we're still seeing it all over the place is that church people, don't think it's okay to be honest about their shit. And it's, it's so, so tragic because you have church leadership putting on this, uh, Oh, this, this, this show. And this show tries to show people that we're together. We've got our shit together. We've got the answers that you need and come to us so you can get those answers. And, uh, I understand why they're doing it and I, I understand why they do so much of the shit they do. It's all, it's so fear-based, but a lot of it requires them to put on this act that they are something that they're not. And uh, even that pastor I grew up with, like I, I, I love that man so dearly. Um, and once I kind of stepped back and wasn't so enamored with him and kind of, removed him as an idol in my life and just was able to look at him as a, as a man who was flawed, as imperfect as flawed and imperfect as I am, I was able to see, Oh, you got some real shit. Like you didn't talk about this, but because I got close to you, you had some real shit and it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. It's the stuff you would expect from a 75 year old man, but it was real shit that should have been addressed and should have been talked about. Instead, it was just kind of, kind of ignored and, kind of, you know, let's focus on the Bible and let's focus on this and let's focus on that. And I just, I feel like I, I lived when I was living under his tutelage. Um, mm -hmm. I, I looked up to him so much and put him on such a pedestal. I remember, I remember thinking so many times, I was like, how am I ever going to be this? Like, mm. I don't think it's possible. And then I was telling myself, no, no, with God, all things are possible. I can do it. I can, I can be this. And it's just, I was just blinded by the, the show that he unfortunately felt like he had to put on. Uh -huh. And, uh, 
I think, do you think yeah. a lot of pastors break down because of that? Do we see yeah, yeah, I pastor so. burnout because of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think we see all the, uh, oh, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, oh, shit. inevitable um, results or yeah. Like, you know, pastors cheating on their spouses and all, all yeah. this stuff coming about. And then everybody's like, what the hell, where did this come from? And it's like, oh yeah, that's because you didn't know what was really going on because they took the cute little picture of them and their wife together, but nobody in their inner circle had any clue that they weren't sleeping in the same bed for 10 years or whatever else was going mm -hmm. on, you know? And, uh, I just, I just think there's a lot of power in, not playing that game and just being honest. I, I recognize that sometimes you don't want to give everybody everything. Sure. But you've got to be giving, you've got to be addressing this shit. You've got to be going through it and looking at it and not being afraid of it because I think we are damaging people as the church by not being honest with it. Now let's pause for a quick word on coaching with Pastor Paul. Something I hear often, is a coach really worth it? My name is Lacey and I went through the Core Leaders Network coaching program with Paul and it was completely life-changing for me. It literally changed the whole direction of my life. I learned so much and the timing couldn't have been more perfect because so many things have changed at my place of employment. Having a community of others who are on the same journey make it easier to look deeply in ourselves and start to accept who we are. I was the type of person that would just adapt to my surroundings and sink back into the crowd. Paul was really great at digging to the core of who I am and helping me learn how to walk in my authentic self and embracing that with courage without fear of what others think. One day I was like, something's not right. This was my dream. This is what I thought I was called to forever. My head was spinning. So often I'm told, I never really thought about why I do what I do until I was in a cohort. Diving in deep and taking a look at your strengths and weaknesses and being willing and really excited to grow. What are the things that would cause me to not venture out into something new? He also was able to help me form a vision and a mission for myself. You're amazing. You've learned to cope with incredible stressors and hurdles to your well-being. Now let's make that life journey easier by asking questions and gathering tools for seeing and living life differently. I was able to transition out of a ministry position I thought I would never leave. I'm really excited about it, but I never would have moved out if I had not gone through the Core Leaders Network. Without this program, I wouldn't have had such a clear vision moving forward how I can impact and encourage and bless people's lives. If you're deconstructing your faith or your life beliefs, or maybe you're in a transition season, I can help you walk that journey out. I can't recommend this program enough to people out there. It was truly a life transformation for me. I will use all the information for the rest of my life. So thank you, Paul. Jump into the Core Leaders Network. It'll make you resituate where you are and what you're doing and may generate some new ideas and generate some a whole new way of thinking for you and literally change the whole direction of my life for the better. Thank you, Paul. Come on, live an abundant life as your best self. Join our September core cohort. Hi everybody, Pastor Paul here. So many of you are so gracious and great to say, how can you help spread the message that God is not mad at the world that we do here through the Pastor Paul work. 
One way you can do that is subscribe to my YouTube channel and sign up for notifications from it. Let me tell you, the reason I'm asking you to do that is because I've been on TikTok and Facebook and other social media platforms and have found that those platforms really are not fair to creators. Yes, TikTok has been great at helping me expand my message, but on any given day, they can just decide None of your videos are getting out anymore. And that's been happening to me for most of 2021. I've tried to work with TikTok to figure out how I can meet what they want and how I can serve them as they serve me as a creator. And you know what TikTok does? They have no way for you to talk to a human being and, they, and you get almost no response from them ever. And I hear this from creator after creator after creator. And if there's a platform that doesn't believe in supporting its creators and being fair and uh, and moral with its creators, then I'm not sure that that's where I want to stay and keep my work. YouTube, on the other hand, has been great. They, they honor their creators and they've come up with new platforms on an on ongoing basis where I now can post memes and, and their new shorts feature, which is their version of TikTok. And so I want you to go over there and check it out. Having said all that, will you do this? You may be on YouTube watching this video right now. If not, go to the Pastor Paul channel. And when you get there, there's going to be a subscribe button and a notification bell. When you go to my Pastor Paul channel, you're going to see a subscribe button. Click on it and you're now subscribed to my channel. And so when you go to YouTube, you'll see my content pop up. But you see this bell here? That's the notifications bell. If you click on that, then you'll see these come up, all personalized or none. Click on the all. Now, every time I put content on YouTube, you'll get a notification, and every time, including every time I go live, so you'll never, ever miss another live with Pastor Paul when I go live on YouTube. Would you do that for me? That's a favor that would help a lot. I wanna grow my YouTube platform and that's where I'm gonna spend a lot of my time and efforts in the future because I want to serve a platform that serves its creators and does it well. So do me a favor, go subscribe and click that notification bell on YouTube and help grow this message that God is not mad at you from Pastor Paul. I think it's where a lot of the sex scandals come from. Things is when oh, pastors yeah. can't be honest um, and have to keep everything hidden to keep their job. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Inevitably, then they're going to have they'll they find some outlet that uh, yep. for those things, and, and yeah. it gets ugly. Maybe if we were a little more upfront about some of these things, we would release some of those pressure valves and have less bad things happen out there. Absolutely. I, I do think so. Yeah. Why, why do you think the church is so against that and afraid of that? Why don't we, why don't we do this more? Well, I, I think a lot of it is they feel as church leadership, as pastors, that people aren't going to trust them for their answers if they look flawed and as sinful as the next person, you know, as quote unquote mm -hmm. sinful as the next person. And, uh, it's, it's really important because if they're, they're so afraid that if, and, and I'm saying this, not from the outside looking in, I'm saying this from who I was 15 to 20 years ago, you know, as a young yeah. man coming up in ministry, um, I was, you know, I'm 40 now. So 20 years ago, I was 20 and I've been preaching since I was 13 in a fundamentalist church and 
I was, I was, I was always afraid to be honest about my own shit. You know, I, I get with the men's group and we talk about, Oh, you know, the, the same thing that every men's group talks about. You, oh, I looked at porn or whatever. And, <laughs> and, and, and all this shit that really just carries no weight. And it's just yeah. obvious. Of course you did. Um, but here's a shocker. Men are attracted to women. <laughs> Right. Shocker. Yeah. 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 We, we, maybe someday we should just acknowledge that, you know, people right. are physically attracted to each other. Yeah. Can, can we just figure out how to walk that out in a healthy manner rather than saying, don't exactly. do it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Everything was just demonized. <laughs> um, so, and I, yeah, I, and it's, it's one of those things. I, I think it's a, it's a, a chicken egg thing in some ways, because I was a senior pastor for 10 years and yes, I needed to look good in front of the people, but I also feel like, and I don't know if the church has made people consumers or they just became consumers, Yeah, but these are consumers. And the second yep. they see a pastor that's not perfect, they're going to go to the church that has the bounce house down the street anyway, because their kids will be happier. That's so I, exactly I, right. I do think some of it is pastors putting on airs, but again, some of it is like my income and my family's livelihood yeah. depends on me not exposing some of the things going on in my life. Yeah. And I mean, they're a reflection of the people in their congregations. They're a reflection oftentimes of what people do want. Like they're not just doing that because people don't want it. In a lot of ways, they're doing it because that is what people want. That's what grows the big church. That's what brings in the bucks. And uh, yeah, I've, I've always been very fortunately unfortunate <laughs> to not be able to or have to rely upon the church for my financial well-being. Um, <laughs> there were times, you know, I've been pastoring for 11 years now and yeah. I, there were times when I really was like, man, this would be a whole hell of a lot easier if I could get a salary, but I couldn't pull in the right numbers of people being honest about who I was and what I was thinking and, mm. and journeying, like I, like I planted a church, you know, what I say 11 years ago in 2010. And I literally journeyed with those people for nine years. Like it was me figuring shit out as they were figuring shit out, me being honest about the fact that I didn't know. And that doesn't sell well. <laughs> it, it just doesn't sell well. I don't know. is not an acceptable <laughs> answer. Is it? Right. Right. It's so man, it's so true. And and I'm starting to wonder if and and obviously this can't be a universal thing, but if having a mortgage and having a payroll isn't a real problem in every church. It you know, and and obviously yeah. that's a very broad universal statement. Yeah. But I know for me, I wasn't afraid of of speaking out and saying things that were uncomfortable for the people. Right. But I was afraid of that look in the eye of my staff when they're like, Oh shit, are we going to be able to pay payroll next week? Yeah. That impacts you and it, yeah. it can't help enough. And we can all be really high and mighty about what well, pastors ought not to worry about money right up until it's your income. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. your family's well being yeah. that's on the line. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We, I know the, the church I planted in, you know, 10 years, 11 years ago. Um, like I said, it was never something I was able to take a salary from or anything. Um, we were a small church, very punk rock mindset. I mean, we literally hosted punk rock and metal shows. Um, it was the primary reason we had a large enough building for more people than we had. And uh, we, there were often times where money would become an issue 
just to pay the bills. <laughs> like it was just like, we got to pay the rent this month. What are we going to do? But it was always just like, all right, we're in this together. What do we do guys? So I, I remember uh, one time I'll never forget it. We, uh, we posted on our social media, which was primarily used to promote concerts that we were having. And I don't know how much you know about the punk rock, hardcore music community. Not too but, much. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's, misfits like god is not <laughs> typically looked upon favorably in this yeah there yeah. are some quote-unquote christian bands in that scene but we weren't exclusive to them at all we were booking all sorts of bands and uh there was a band that had uh just received some money from a show that they weren't expecting or something and they came to play our show that night and they literally brought us a Wonder Bread bag full of cash, and it was exactly <laughs> enough to pay our to pay our rent, and uh, which we had posted about what we needed. And they just brought that, like, hey, we had extra money from the show we, we played, and we wanted to make sure you guys could pay your rent this month. And those guys weren't Christians at all. Um, there may wow. have been a person or two in the band that had some kind of faith, but for the most part, they were not Christians. And but they just saw that we were, as a church, we were offering value into their community that was beyond just a Sunday morning service, you know. And so that when, when you do it, like, I think I think money problems and stuff like that are always a thing with with any type of organization. It just depends on if if you're if you're trying to sell a product, you have to be real careful about how you handle that because it's like, well, we don't want to run people off. We don't want to do this. We don't right. want people to think we don't have our shit together and we can't pay our bills because maybe they'll think the bigger church down the road has the has it together um it just was never a thing for me through that so yeah i was just I, i've been listening to there's a christianity today has a great podcast out now called the rise and fall of mars hill about uh, <laughs> the mark driscoll's church in seattle that yeah. was went from being a mega church to ceasing to exist in a day yeah um and that's what it, you know there the the talk of the church often was you know, protect the brand, but you know, a, a church protecting the brand. And yep. once we become about the brand, um, then it suddenly, if you feel like there's a tough message to give to the people, it becomes a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And, and man, I remember I, I was never like really on the Mars Hill thing, but I had a good friend who was a part of that church. He's part of one of their satellite churches and I had some other friends that were part of like the Acts 29 thing that they were a part yeah. of somehow. Yeah. But uh, so I never really got on the Driscoll bandwagon, but I remember I watched a documentary that they put out about how he started the church. And this is while I had my little punk rock church and I walked away and I was like, man, I get it. That's, that's it. Like, I don't remember what it was, but there was something in it about this drive and motivation and just getting out there and pushing it and, I walked away thinking like, this is, this is good. Like, this is good stuff. I need to remember this. Cause I always in the back of my mind, despite being what we were and who I knew we were supposed to be, I was always in the back of my mind trying to figure out how to grow it because there was always, not always, but often there was this part of me that was like, I need to get a paycheck. Like I'm struggling. Like I was driving a school bus, you know, mm. so I, that I would have my mornings to work and my afternoons to work. And I'd have my days free to meet with people and try to be a pastor other than just Sunday mornings. And, uh, I was just like, I need to figure this out so that I can be more available to people. And I, I get the appeal of it, but ultimately at the end of the day, I realized that I would literally have to sell out. I would have to deny what I thought was, was the truth about what we were mm. doing. And so 
I just wrote it out for a long time and it, and now you're bringing in the big bucks. Still not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, there's supposed to be a happy end to that story. Come on. The happy end is I'm not looking for it anymore. (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm content in doing whatever jobs I do various to, to make money, to support my family and let the church be the church. So. There you go. And that's really what it's about, right? I just, I was just saying today in a clip I was doing, it, Jesus came to bring life to the full. You know, it, I think that is max healthiness. And so you got there. So you have a, a podcast called I'm Fucked Up. Yeah. You have a senior pastor who's on board with that. Yep. Um, how, how do you see that then that philosophy playing out in your, in your church community there as it, has it infiltrated itself into how your church operates? It has. I'm, honestly, it was it was probably more of a reflection of how we already work. Gotcha. Okay. When yeah. I, because when I brought the idea to my pastor, I didn't expect. I mean, he knows how I talk. He he doesn't talk much different than I talk, <laughs> and he he brought me to Nashville knowing how I talk and how I am. So I had, I had no like hesitation about calling a podcast that and being honest. And uh, I told him I was like, "Here's the podcast idea I'm going to do." And I was like, are you cool with me using the studio in the church? He's like, yeah, because he also has a podcast uh, called Catacomb Podcast. Part of the reason we, we built this out. And uh, he, uh, his first question to me was not something I expected, which he's one of my best friends. I, it shouldn't have surprised me, but it did a little. But his first question to me was, you should make it a part of the church's like podcast network we're trying to develop. And we'll put it on the church website and everything. And I was like, I'm fine with that as long as you're not going to shit on me for calling it. I'm fucked up. And he's like, nah, that's whatever. <laughs> so so I, I was like, all right, cool. So this, this is right. This is good. So like literally you go to our church's website and click on media and the podcaster there and it lists his podcast and my podcast. And, um, it's great. So also I just want to say he's not here, but I don't do that podcast alone. I've got my co-host Alex Miller. So very true. Yeah. Appreciate you throwing Alex in there. I, I, can you characterize, what does it look like in a church community to have a body of people that saying it's okay to be fucked up. It looks the same as any community <laughs> because <laughs> you always, it doesn't matter how much you, you guys aren't wearing signs that you know, I'm a porn addict when you walk in or anything. No, like it, it looks as much like any community. I, I think the only thing that's different is our mess is messier in front of kind of the whole body or at least large parts of the body at that time. You know, if, if someone's going through a divorce over here or someone's going through some shit over here, it's not a secret. Um, it's, it's not. And it, and if it is, we're like, why the fuck haven't you said something like, mm. like that's all, that's all we're talking about is how we need to be honest and transparent. And we're trying to be that from the pulpit. Why the fuck would you keep this stuff quiet? Like we're supposed to be here for one another. That's the other thing. If we're if we're keeping it quiet, we can't be there for each other. And uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's you, not. You drop f bombs in the pulpit, by the way. Um, so just because there's this <laughs> deep ingrained thing in me not to, I usually yeah. don't. But they they definitely slip <laughs> out, and I definitely sound like a moron sometimes because I'm trying to censor myself on the spot. So I was very grateful when you started this podcast off because I. I forgot. I didn't think about it. And I was like, I was going to ask him if it's okay for me to just talk like I normally talk. <laughs> but you started this off warning people that there were going to be some F-bombs. <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me how much swear words, swear words, if I can use quotes for that, yeah. mean to Christian people. We, we've elevated that whole thing. And I, I don't think the Bible is really a 
against it at all. They, no, I don't think so. They didn't know fuck was a curse word in the Bible. So yeah. the Ten Commandments don't speak against it. Right. Um, but how does it play? I mean, like if you have guests come into your church or, you know, or how does it play out with people who maybe aren't familiar with that as a, as familiar with the punk rock culture, perhaps as you are, which, which there's a lot here that aren't because that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of me um, yeah. and some others, but it's, uh, I mean, we, we have actually had some people recently that have come into the church because they heard my podcast. Um, and uh, so that's always, but really what it boils down to is if you're not, interested in being a transparent, honest person, and you get in a group that is transparent and honest about who they are, you're going to either shit or get off the pot. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> like, like you're going to, you're going to be a part of it and you're going to be like, Oh, this is the shit I was looking for. I didn't even know I was looking for it maybe, but this is it. Or you're going to be like, Oh, gross. This is not cool. I'm not, I'm not ready for this in my life. And that's, th that's, that's really what it is. Some people just aren't ready for that right now. Like right. some people aren't at that point in their life. They're still stuck on this really unfortunately ugly view of who God is. And it's, it's holding them back from really experiencing the fullness of what the body is supposed to be. I, I used to, I used to say crap. I, I, I censored myself to crap in the pulpit and I had people who had such a hard time with me saying crap. And, and I would say in the pulpit as well, I think curse saying cuss words is good. I think it keeps religious demons away yeah. uh, and it keeps religious people away. And both mm -hmm. of those are good things, but yeah, I agree. people yeah. have such hard times with it. Yeah. Yeah. We've just we, been so programmed, huh? Oh yeah. The, I mean, it, so if you are deeply offended by foul language, which I, my parents are, I, I know people who are, and I try to be respectful of them, but, Ultimately, I can't be in community with you if I have to disguise any aspect of who I am. And if you're caught up on the silliness of language, which that's all I like, I, I rarely even have that discussion with people anymore because I'm just like, it's silly. If you're caught up in it, you've got some growth to do that. I, if you want to be a part of, of it with me, then I'll help you walk through it. But if not, that's okay too. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to build a, uh, an empire over here. So, uh, yeah, I can't help you with that. And, and and I think Christians miss the point. Like I always loved Tony Campola's speech about, you know, yeah. you care more about the fact that I just said shit yeah. than the fact that I say you don't give a shit about kids going to bed hungry. I always like night. that as well. Yeah. And I think that it just makes such a powerful point. Um, and I and I think your podcast, which is going to scare some Christian people, is making the point. And I loved the way you said it before we came on the air. And I don't know if you'll even remember how you did it, but just your your what you're trying to portray to people is that how they are is okay that that yeah you're beautiful as you are so i, I mean how yeah. would you characterize that uh i mean it's it's so going back real quick the, one of the one of the big reasons i went ahead and named it i'm fucked up was to go ahead and push away anybody that would be offended so that i could talk like so I could be myself on the podcast and invite other people to be themselves. But like we have people on here that don't cuss, like 100%. I've had multiple guests that do not use swear words um, and, uh, or at least they're not willing to in front of other people. And uh, so, but 
Oh shit. I did it again. What, what was your actual question? You asked me to characterize the. Yeah. Like the point of what you're trying to get to the, yeah, like, yeah. Say, the language of driving people to get to, to people being okay with their identity and who they are. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's that it's, it's, it's trying to get people to recognize that we're all fucked up. We all have our demons or whatever. I hate that phrase. Actually, I don't even know why I said that we all have things that are messed up with us. And the truth of the matter is those things that are fucked up about is those are the things that help us to become something else. Mm. Once we're aware of them and when we're trying to hide them, we can't find healing. We can't walk into a place where it's like, okay, that is fucked up about me. What is that causing in my life? Because with me, my, my, my not realizing and coming to terms with the fact that I thought of myself as being the shitty, awful person caused me to pastor in a way that was trying to not only mask who I was, even though I was this punk rock pastor, trying to be honest, I was still trying to mask how shitty I really thought I was. And I was trying to build something that looked better than what I was to make me to, to fix how bad I was. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Mm. And I was so, so fucked up. I was trying to uh, get my kids to conform to this reality of who I thought they needed to be, which was far from me, far from anything that I am. And they just keep being like me over and over. So it caused me to be really angry and really stressed out about who they were and what was going on and really fearful about who they were becoming. And, as soon as I realized, oh, I'm being this way because I think I'm worthless mm. because I don't see value in myself. I literally think I'm a pile of shit and anything I do or touch is ultimately going to come to ruin. So I'm trying these things. I, was, I, I owned a business at the time. Everything I was doing, I was trying to build up this wall that said, no, Josh isn't a piece of shit. He's awesome. Look at what he's doing. And that's what I wanted because if I could get that affirmation, if I could get those accolades, if I could get people to see, no, 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 I'm not a piece of shit. Look at all the stuff I'm doing. Maybe I could deep down convince myself. And I didn't even realize that's what was happening, but 100% that's what was happening. Wow. Well, I, I, and I want to talk more in our Patreon uh, part of the podcast here on what that looked like and transferring it to your kids. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's a really important thing, but um, so we're going to wrap up the podcast here again. If you want to hear more from Josh and more about this discussion of, of rawness in our Christian walk of living a Christian life, that's not filled with platitudes, but is honest and says, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Are you still willing to hang out and, and yeah. hear more of the story? Then hang out with us on our Patreon version. Um, but Josh, I really appreciate you coming on with me. Yeah. Solace Josh on social media. I'm fucked up on TikTok and an assistant pastor at Borderland Mission in Nashville. A lot of fun talking to you. And again, yeah, guys, if you want to hear more, go to my Patreon page. And we're going to talk more to Josh Thanks, over Paul. there. Thank you, Josh. <laughs>